How many of us are excited that it's summertime? I know that I am, and it's going to be an exciting summer at City Church, and I know that uh, I'm thrilled that we're kicking off sort of our move into summer as we continue to talk about following Jesus and serving others with water baptism. I realize that we have a good number of people at City who are people that have never been part of a church before. We have many people that are part of our church family who... uh, Faith is brand new, brand new. And so the purpose for this teaching this morning is going to be very simple. I would like to do a teaching on water baptism because it's very clear as we walk out the vision of our church, which is to follow Jesus and to serve others, there are certain things that are critical aspects of that. One of them is to follow through in obedience to water baptism. And so what I would like to do this morning is kind of step into this and do a quick biblical study, sharing some episodes from the life of Jesus in the book of Acts so that we can understand what water baptism is and so that maybe some of us will make the choice to do so. The first thing that I would like to do is to just simply talk about this and answer some of the water baptism questions water baptism questions. First of all, here's the question that some of you have been asking. How should I spell it? Is baptism with a Z or an S? How many of you have ever noticed that? Sometimes it's with a Z, sometimes it's with an S. Believe it or not, the English, the actual English way is with an S. But in the United States, oftentimes we use a Z, and the reason why is the Greek word does. Baptizo is the Greek word, and so that has been imported into kind of the English or the American way of spelling it, and if you're like I am, when I spell it with a Z, it gets auto-corrected to an S. But since I'm rebellious, I override that, and I make sure that a Z sticks there once in a while. Another question is, what is baptism? What is it? Well, to understand it, we have to understand that Greek word, baptizo. That Greek word means to be immersed, to literally be saturated. It even goes beyond just kind of being wet. It's got a sense of what's happening is permeating What's getting wet? So it would be the idea of maybe taking an empty glass of water or glass that would hold water and drop it in a bucket that it is surrounded, it's filled, it's kind of completely filled up and surrounded by water. That's why what you'll discover, that's why you'll discover today that when we do water baptism, we do it through immersion. That's literally what the Greek word means. Another question that people often ask as we kind of move through this before we hit some scripture is where did baptism come from? It's a great question, especially because 2,000 years later when we look back at water baptism, we kind of go, this is odd. It feels different to be in our culture where this sort of ancient ritual has still come along with us. So it might be helpful to know a little bit about where baptism came from. First of all, we know that Jewish people, literally for millennium, have been involved with bathing 
for spiritual benefit. It's called the mikvah. My son has a friend that lives in New York City where there is a mikvah on his block where any Jewish person can go and take a spiritual bath. It's not to become clean physically. As a matter of fact, the ritual says you should take a bath first. The idea, though, is they go to the mikvah, which has some very intricate things that has to take place. The water that's in the mikvah is never taken out of the tap. It always is brought in from natural sources. But the Jewish people to this day, they participate in what's called the mikvah for the cleansing of their sin in preparation to approach God. The other thing, though, is that most of us have heard of a guy by the name of John. His last name is Baptist. You ever heard of John the Baptist? You ever heard of him? Raise your hand. Well, John the Baptist is the one that most of us who study theology and Scripture look to as the person through which baptism moves into Christianity. Here's why. John was part of a group of people who had exited Jerusalem and they had gone into the desert or into the wilderness because they felt as though the Jewish sacrificial system in Jerusalem and everything that went along with that, and by the way, this is at the time of Jesus, they felt as though it had become so corrupt that they had removed themselves from that type of worship and this mikvah or this bathing had become a huge thing to them. Part of the mikvah, by the way, can happen in a natural river or a lake or an ocean. And so breaking 400 years of silence, this guy by the name of John the Baptist shows up in the wilderness and he begins to preach a very simple message. The message was this, repent for the kingdom of God is coming. Repent for the kingdom of God is coming. He preached a message that basically said God had called him to be a forerunner to get people ready for whatever it is that God was going to do. And baptism or the mikvah was a big part of that in Jewish faith. So you can read clearly in the Gospels where John the Baptist is out in the River Jordan. And the Bible tells us that people from all over the region, including Jerusalem, were coming out to hear this guy preach. And they were being baptized by John. Now, let's move on and we will fill in some of the other gaps about what water baptism is as we go through this teaching. But another question is, why should I be baptized? Will you say that out loud with me right now? Can we say it together? Ready? Why should I be baptized? One more time. Ready? Why should I be baptized? I am so glad you asked. I'm thrilled that you were willing to ask that question. That's what we're going to do now. Why should you be baptized? Number one, because Jesus was. Because Jesus was. And if you're a follower of Jesus, and following Jesus is what we're called to do, and the vision and the mission of City Church is follow Jesus, serve others, If you're called to be a follower of Jesus, then he is our example of what it means to be a Christian. Well, Jesus went through water baptism. 
What I'd like for you to do very quickly is turn with me to that biblical story found in Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3. You can find that in the Bibles that we provide on page 784. Now, what you would discover is, is that John the Baptist is baptizing in the wilderness. And the Scripture tells us that he has got this message, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. And in verse 3 of chapter 3, it tells us about how people went out from all of Jerusalem to go to the Jordan and to confess their sins and to be baptized by John to get ready for what God was going to do. And in verse 13, we pick up the baptism of Jesus. And here's what Matthew tells us. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this in order to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, isn't it wonderful that it's spelt with a Z right there? Love that. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water, and that moment heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him, and a voice from heaven said, this is my boy, this is my son, whom I love, and with him I am well pleased. Here's what's going on in that episode very quickly. Jesus comes down to the River Jordan. There was a problem. Here's the problem. John's baptism was one for sinners. It was a baptism of repentance. It's what sinners were called to do. And John knew that. He was the one officiating the baptismals. And so when he sees Jesus approaching him, there was a problem for John. Jesus had never sinned. He was the Son of God. And as John identifies this, he begins to think to himself, why would I baptize him? He needs to baptize me because this is a sinner's baptism. So what he says to Jesus is, I don't think we should do this. And what he does is he kind of deters him. It's the way Matthew puts it. But Jesus says, listen, in verse 15, to fulfill all righteousness, this must happen. You see, the reason why John was wanting to say no was because of righteousness, at least the kind of righteousness he had in his mind. And Jesus overrides him and says, oh, no, it's because of righteousness that I must do this. Why? Jesus Christ went through a baptism for sinners. He identified with you and with me through his baptism. He identified with us. When those of you that are baptized today know this, that when you go through the waters of baptism, Jesus stands there with you in the midst of your sin and your brokenness and your need to repent and your need for forgiveness. Jesus stands with you. That's huge. It is so huge in my mind that when Jesus goes through baptism and he comes up out of the water, his father screams from heaven, that's my boy and I'm proud of him. 
So if anyone later would have said, why did he have to repent? Why did he go through water baptism? It was for sinners. God screamed from heaven, that's my boy. I love him, and he's doing exactly what I asked him to do, which was to identify with sinful, broken, heartached, sin-filled humanity. Jesus steps into those waters, and he is baptized. So one of the reasons why you should be baptized in water is because Jesus was water baptized to identify with you. Therefore, you are baptized in water to identify with him. He went first. It's our calling to do the same as followers of him. Here's some other reasons why we should be baptized in water. You see, if you were to read in the Gospel of John, chapter 3 and 4, you would discover that Jesus and his disciples were baptizing people. It wasn't just that Jesus was baptized, but his disciples were baptizing others. And in John, chapter 4, verse 2, it tells us clearly that actually Jesus did not baptize but it was his disciples. So if Christ in the flesh is baptizing people, then why wouldn't we, or his disciples were baptizing people, why wouldn't we still follow through in obedience to that? And another reason why we should be baptized in water is because the last thing Jesus ever said to his disciples in resurrected body before he was carried back into heaven, Matthew 28, verse 18, Jesus turns to his disciples, and just before he leaves them, he gives them this last thing. It's called the Great Commission. And in the Great Commission, Jesus says, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And do this to the very end of the age. Another reason why baptism is so important for us is because the very first sermon that was ever preached, which you can find in the book of Acts, turn there with me, book of Acts chapter 2, verse 14 and following. It's the very first sermon that was ever preached. It was preached by a guy by the name of Peter. What an awesome name. What an incredible name. But he preaches this sermon. And it's on the day of Pentecost. Listen, get this. It was the first sermon ever preached. It's the prototypical sermon. It's the inaugural sermon for all of the church. And Peter goes into great detail in his sermon to explain to those Jews who Jesus is. What he had done. That they had killed him. And yet God had raised him. They had killed him, but God had raised him. And the scripture comes alive as Peter preaches in verse 36. He says, you crucified him, but God has made him the Lord and the Messiah of all the world. Verse 37 says, the people's hearts were pierced by the preaching. And they said to Peter and to the others, what should we do? In other words, they're faced with the truth of Jesus and what their sin has done. In verse 38, Peter replied, Repent 
and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. So isn't it amazing That in the very first sermon, baptism shows up as the core response of people to the sermon that they had just heard. It begins with repentance, and then it moves toward baptism. And in verse 41, it says 3,000 men said yes and were baptized in water. Now, here's what I want us to be very, very sure of. Water baptism is not salvation. It's not. We are called to repent first and then follow through in obedience with water baptism. Baptism, again, is not salvation. Here's how this works. When we believe and receive in Christ, And we put our faith, hope, and trust in Him. And if you have done that, then the next spiritual step in obedience to Jesus is to be baptized in water. But again, it's key to understand that if you ever went through baptism in order to make your grandmom happy and you had no clue what you were doing, You took what one African-American preacher calls a bad bath. You understand that? You begin with repenting of your sins, and that repentance brings you to Jesus. Once you've come to Jesus and recognized that what he did for you cleansed you and you are forgiven in him, then the next step, spiritually in obedience to Christ, is to be baptized in water. But please know this, over 60 times in the New Testament, the New Testament clearly tells us that it's by faith, through grace, and what Christ has done that allows us to be saved. And there's 60 times where that is explained to us and water baptism is never mentioned following it. Please understand this. Baptism is not salvation. But what we can say is that we are called in obedience as followers of Jesus to be baptized because He was, and it's the example given to us in the Newer Testament. The last example I'm going to turn to, and you can read more about this later, is found in Acts chapter 8. In Acts chapter 8, there's this incredible story where we have now moved from the day of Pentecost The church is now expanding just like Jesus said that it would. And in the expansion of the church, a disciple by the name of Philip is called by the Spirit of God to head out into the desert and to wait by a road. While he's waiting by the road, an Ethiopian eunuch comes by and he would have been traveling with all of the king's court. It was no doubt a huge procession. In there, we've got the Ethiopian eunuch. Acts chapter 8 tells us that he's reading the book of Isaiah. He comes to the point in Isaiah where it says he was led like sheep to a slaughter and a lamb before his shearer is silent, and so he did not open his mouth. And he's reading that text that describes Jesus that we normally read at Easter that deals with Jesus' death. He's confused. 
And Philip runs next to his chariot. And he says to him, what are you reading? And this royal guy says to Philip, I'm reading Isaiah. I don't understand it. Can you help me? And Philip hops into the chariot. And as they travel along, he begins to explain to him in verse 35, he told him about the scriptures and he told him about who Jesus is. Then in verse 36, it says, as they traveled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here is water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot and then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. It happened immediately. Immediately. The man was riding in his chariot and somehow in the gospel explanation, Philip said to him exactly what Peter said at the day of Pentecost, repent, believe in Jesus, and then be baptized in water. And what happens next is that the Ethiopian eunuch says yes, and he was immediately baptized, immediately. Give me a moment, I'll be right back. This is how serious we are about following through with water baptism. Some of you sitting here are saying to yourself, I've said yes to Jesus, but I have not done this, nor have I signed up, and I'm not ready. So we're going to help you. We have these wonderful beach blankets just for you. We have shorts. Different size shorts, some with even pink trim, just for you. We have a shirt that when it gets wet, will still be decent. We also have flip-flops for you so that your beautiful manicured feet do not get rough and torn before you go in. And then we have this bag so that you can put the clothes that you're now wearing in it and still be baptized in water. Now, I say it humorously, but I'm dead serious because some of us have been followers of Jesus for a long time and we have never followed through with baptism. Now, some of you sitting here may say, I need to pray about this. Really? It's commanded in Scripture. It is the next step as a follower of Jesus. Some of you may say, but what about my hair? What about my mascara? Some man may say, I don't have any hair, but I still am. Let me explain something to you. God does not look at the outside. He looks at the heart. And so I think you're sitting among hundreds of loving people who don't care what you're going to look like when you come out of this tank. But I want to challenge you. It says in Peter's sermon on the day of the, in the book of Acts on the day of Pentecost that he challenged the people to be baptized 
in water, to repent, to believe in Jesus, and to be baptized, and to get it done now. It's a public statement of a private decision that you have made to follow Christ. And my question would be to all of us, why would we not take a step of faith this morning and follow out in obedience towards Christ? Why would we not do that? Others of you would say, but I wish my family could be here with us. We're going to have two photographers taking pictures. We will send you pictures. We'll make them available to you. You see, we have whittled away all the excuses that you can think of. As we move towards baptism, I want to really encourage you. If you have not been baptized in water, we already have 10 people that have signed up. But I believe there's a lot more than that this morning that you know God's tugging at your heart. And this morning is the morning that you are to take this step of obedience and to be baptized in water. As we now conclude our service, if you're one of those 10 who has already signed up, I'm going to ask that you begin to exit and go get ready for water baptism. If you're sitting here and you would like to be baptized in water, but you had not planned on doing so, if you exit this auditorium and go to the back, straight out front are the tables. There's sized things there for you. Please go ahead and take those. Head to the men's room, head to the women's room, and go ahead and get changed. Once you get changed, please listen now. Follow the baptismal signs. They'll bring you around behind the building, and down on the track is where the baptismal tank is, and I encourage you to do that. While they're exiting, can the rest of us stand? We're going to spend a time in worship as those people prepare to be baptized in water. As Callie leads us, or before she does in worship, we're going to be singing some incredible celebratory songs about what Christ has done. If you're standing here in the midst of that song, and you know God is convicting you that it's your day to be baptized in water, I want you to slip out, be obedient to the working of the Spirit, and go get the clothes that we provide and get changed and head down to the track where the baptismal tank is. I want to encourage you to take that step of obedience to Christ. Because listen, as we follow Jesus and we serve others, following him means he's our example. I also want to encourage all of us that Callie will give the blessing and the dismissal at the end of the service. I'm going to encourage you, please come down to the track and celebrate with those people those people who are part of the City Church family, would you go down there and please celebrate with them as they're baptized in water? Can we pray? Jesus, I thank you for who you are to us. I pray over those of us that maybe are still wrestling. I ask that in this moment, people would be freed up, that they would recognize that it's not by works, but it's by faith that we are found clean through Christ. Lord, I pray that the step after being cleansed through faith would become real in all of our hearts and all of our lives and that we would follow through with water baptism in Jesus' name. Lord, thank you for who you are to us. May you touch us and give us strength as we follow you and serve others. In Christ's name we ask, amen.
shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Uh, well, we're going to continue with worship with one more song if you'd like to stay and worship with us. Um, but otherwise, we will see you outside at the baptismal tank in a couple minutes.
Worthy is the King.